I am your host, Axis, for the day, filling in for my good friend, Sky, who is at home with his lovely wife after the birth of their first child. And I am joined by Ryan Baroff, filling in for Tom Jacobs as he gallivants across Western America. What's going on, Ryan? Happy to be here. I thought you were filling in for Tom and I was filling in for Sky, but but yeah, we'll call it. Eh, you know, <laughs> flip a coin. Uh, either way, uh, those two gentlemen, for some reason, left us the keys to the vehicle while they are out on the town. Um, so let's make them pay for that. Uh, let's do it. <laughs> so, Dunhill Links Championship. That is why we're here. That is what we are going to discuss. Uh, but I feel like coming off of a Ryder Cup, you know, we have to touch on that maybe just a little bit. So uh, really, you know, give a high level overview. How did you enjoy it? Did you enjoy it? I think you did. Uh, because we both had wagers on the European tour side. Uh, so, yeah, what, what were your thoughts on that? I see a lot going on on Twitter today about how the Ryder Cup uh, needs to be more competitive, blah, blah, blah. I think it's a lot of overreaction to what we just saw. Maybe if we uh, calm down for a week or two before some <laughs> of these hot takes. Um, but, yeah, where are you at? Yeah, the, the content machine does not sleep, that's for sure. There have been no fewer than, what, 10 hours of podcasts that have been released since since yesterday. Um, yeah, I thought it was great. You know, we've been on, on the Europe bandwagon for a while. I think probably starting in, in early June, it was pretty clear that, that, that the European team was a lot stronger, uh, both at the top, but also at the bottom relative to where we thought they would be, right? There were, I mean, there were rumblings, obviously, about Marunk, uh, Adrian Otegi, uh, Yannick Paul, like that was never going to end well. Um, you had Bob and Hoygaard and Seth, Right. And then obviously Aberg, who uh, he didn't even have his best stuff, but still won a couple points. So very solid week overall. Um, the Americans have have quite a lot of work to do. Um, but again, in, in two years, when we're back at Bethpage, I'm sure they will be fairly significant favorites again. Yep. Full disclosure, I did get back. So I had a DK. I had a plus 165 on Europe and then I hopped on U.S. plus 110. Uh, look, I had made coming into the event. I thought the U.S. should have been maybe slight to small favorites, so I had to take the 110. Um, I rarely cross, but again, it, I rarely get the opportunity to do so. So it was just rooting for anything but a tie. Um, I did, I did win more on on Europe, so that that was nice. Um, they just seem to be more of an enjoyable team to root for, anyway. <laughs> uh, and like you said, like the the USA team has a lot of work to do, but I think it's a lot self-inflicted um, not to get into it too deep but the buddy system clearly isn't working uh hopefully that that's over with we'll see at the president's cup if they run jt and spieth back out there burns and scheffler if those four golfers i mean scheffler will probably be on but are lucky enough to even be on that team um you know xander cantley i don't have as big of a problem with because i think they can complement each other um you know, but again, they might just work better with others to split up the other guys. Um, so they may not be able to play with each other. But I think they, they shoot themselves uh, in their own foot with some of this because, like, it was foursomes. It was seven to one and foursomes. That's where that's, that's where they, yeah. they fumbled the event again. And, and you don't have to be an analytical genius to figure out the most basic things. You know, Colin Morikawa needs a partner who puts him in the fairway, right? Scotty Scheffler needs a partner who puts him in the fairway so you can leverage his iron play. And then uh, Scotty Scheffler 
right? Also means a good putter. And I guess that's the direction they went, but uh, Burns just did not play well that first day. Um, yeah, he took a lot of heat for, for bouncing back pretty well the rest of the yeah. week. Uh, the opening round, though, yeah, it was obvious that he was he was really an anchor, <laughs> not a good one, uh, that Scheffler was having to drag along uh, in round one. Yeah, and and look, at the end of the day, they just didn't play well. I mean, Colin Murakawa right. missed a ton of fairways. He missed a ton of greens. Guys were hitting in the water. Ricky Fowler was horrible when he played. Wyndham Clark was probably the worst guy there, uh, maybe except for speed. Uh, so they just didn't play well. Yeah, you know? that's part of it too, right? It's easy to to Monday quarterback when things go poorly over three rounds of golf. Uh, but yeah, they just did, they didn't show up for whatever reason. I'm not going to try to spin narratives. I mean, I think the most obvious one maybe was the four weeks off for ten of the twelve guys. But again, yeah. that's just a hunch. I mean, the Europeans were in form even before that, uh, but they continued it at Wentworth. So. Yep. Yeah. Anyway, we are now we are now here. We have moved on uh, to the Alfred Dunhill. For those of you who aren't aware, it is a pro am. It is played at Carnoustie, at Kings Barn, and at the Old Course of St Andrews, where they played a the final round as well. So there'll be two rounds at St Andrews. Um, and just a word of warning: there, the setup is not going to be the normal major setup. Um, particularly probably at Carnoustie, because again, this is a pro-am. This, they, they cannot have that. Um, it takes long enough as it is, let alone <laughs> yeah. let alone if you are uh, trying to just annihilate this field. And then another quick note on that, the weather looks uh, diabolical at the moment on Friday and Saturday. Winds uh, 20 plus for almost the entire day on Friday and Saturday. Gusts up to 35 miles an hour, overcast 60 degrees. Um, Thursday seems to be the easiest day. Don't see wind above 10 miles an hour at the moment. I'm sure this will all change by Thursday, so be sure to check that. Uh, but really quick on that, um, you know, if you're, if you're going to wait to bet, some people do that. They're crazy, but some people wait. <laughs> um, we had a brief conversation about this, about, you know, is it better to t- do you want your golfers at Carnoustie during the easy day or Carnoustie on the hardest day? I fell on the side of I want the hardest course on the easier day. I don't know if you mm-hmm. want to refute that or maybe you feel the same or who the hell knows. Yeah, I think overall I, I probably feel the same. But at the end of the day, you know, if you can go out at the old course early on a, a Thursday where the weather's calm and I think we saw a 61 and a 62 uh, last year in the first round. Uh, and, they didn't, and they didn't finish the week well, but obviously made the cut, right? I think there is an advantage to that. Um, we had a pretty similar weather split last year. I, I think it was round two also. There were like two or three scores under 70 all day. There were guys shooting mid-70s, low 80s. Um, it's fun to watch, and I expect more ejections this year. Right, so... Yeah. All right. Let's get into it. Uh, as far as the courses go, I'm not going to sit here and break them down. Uh, I, I mean, you, if you want, there's tons better out there written word on these particular courses because two of them are very famous in Carnoustie and the old course. I will say I definitely leaned towards distance. Um, that's just how I feel is beneficial at these courses, in particular, uh, the course that the winner is going to play twice. Um, with St. Andrews, again, who knows what the weather does to all of that? Um, but you know, there's 
that's just kind of the route I went was just mm -hmm. the ball striking in general, but more ball striking on, on the distance um, than anything else. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. I think, uh, I think obviously keeping the ball in the fairway, keeping it out of bunkers is going to be super important. Uh, all of these pro-ams turn into a wedge fest, you know, at some point you don't get the hardest hole location. So while I think it's always helpful to hit the ball close to the hole, I think you're going to get a lot of pretty flat 15, 20 footers that you see made this week. So um, yeah, off the tee number one and probably scrambling and short game number two for me this week. I'm on board with that. So as we look at the board, uh, I'm going to read the odds off of DraftKings and we will go from there. But neither of us wanted to dabble at the top of this board. Uh, leading us off is Tommy Fleetwood and Matt Fitzpatrick, two guys who are probably still drunk at this very moment. Uh, maybe not Fitzpatrick, maybe a few Shirley Temples. I don't know. I don't know how he rolls exactly. But uh, either way, Fleetwood is seven and a half to one. Fitzpatrick, 12 to one. Uh, Ryan Fox is 16 and Taylor Gooch is 18 to one rounding out um, all the golfers below 20 to one. Again, we did not touch here. Uh, so real quick, if you had to pick one, where are you going at the top? It's, it's hard not to say Tyrrell Hatton uh, has some of the best course history here. He, he should have won three in a row. He won 2016, 2017, and then I believe he was leading going into the final round of 2018. Are you, so, are you, are you talking about a golfer who's not in this field? Yes, I was. Sorry about that. I was looking back <laughs> at, at, at the leaderboard where him and Fleetwood finished T2. And uh, yes, the answer is, sorry, the answer is Tommy Fleetwood. Um, <laughs> I did look back at, at 2018, which was played the week after uh, the Ryder Cup at uh, the Golf National. And both of them were in contention. So uh, that was as, obviously as close of a parallel as you can draw here this week. Um, I've been on Fleetwood SFU all year. Uh, seems crazy that he hasn't won anything yet. Um, he would be the guy that I go to. But again, anybody under 20 or 25, I really had no interest in this week. Yeah, I kind of wrote him off. I know the field's weak. Um, maybe Fitzpatrick doesn't party. Maybe he does harder yeah. than I think. Maybe he doesn't. Uh, <laughs> Tommy Fleetwood, older family man now. I'm sure he, he's going to have a day or two, but again, speculation. I think I would just roll with Fox at 16 to 1, but uh, mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know. I mean, you could probably convince me. It's just the number on Gooch, right? It's not that I don't think he deserves to be up here. Yeah. I still have a hard time leveling off how these guys do jumping from live events to these events. Um, it's not to say he's not talented, any of that. He's capable of winning this. Um, I just I just don't think it's for me. Yeah, I'm kind of with you. And I, I, I thought about really all all the live guys who are here, all four of them, except for Hudson Swapper. He's, 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 not, he's not in my list this week. Um, but yeah, I just think there's a different element to it. And it's not, it's not about 72 holes. It's just about kind of uh, being on the world stage, being in that limelight there. They're inevitably going to have to deal with the questions, right? Um, so, and I think Taylor Gooch, anyways, he's he's cooled off quite a bit, right? So, we'll jump into the the twenties. We will we'll talk about one golfer who, at the end of this, who we got at a much better number than mm -hmm. what DraftKings is offering. Um, but we'll start with Adrian Marunk at twenty two to one, uh, Burmeester also at twenty two. Then we have Jordan Smith, 25. Absolutely not. I don't know how anyone could do that to themselves. We could like, I had no money on him last week, but a lot of people that I followed yeah. did. And it's just, 
that was a bad one. That that yeah. goes on his he, his wall of shame's pretty big, and that one that's a pretty big award to go yeah. on that wall. Uh, last time we saw Jordan Smith, uh, Billy Horschel twenty eight, and then we get to Rasmus Hogard, who is thirty to one. Uh, but you and I got him at forty to one, so I'll let you start on uh, Rasmus Hogard. Yeah, obviously, I think he will draw a lot from last week, even though he wasn't the one playing. Uh, he was there supporting his brother, uh, probably was part of celebrations, part of the team room quite a bit. Um, and I think I think this is a really good number for him. He he dropped in form this year, obviously, um, won the Maiden Denmark when he really didn't play that well, kind of backed his way into that when Nacho and Ramsey sort of fell apart at the end. But he was fourth at the French Open uh, a couple weeks ago uh, on a course that apparently he loves because he has a fourth and a second there. But he seemed, I was looking back at some of his results and he seems to actually do pretty well at these shorter linksy type courses. Um, he had a top 20 here last year, and I just think 40 to 1 is a really good price for the talent in this field. Yeah, I, I'm not going to lie. I, I looked at the number and it felt high but then when yeah. i made my own number i was like <laughs> like but i went with it anyway i'm in i'm in a slump with the dp world tour so i i kind of threw yeah. a few things out the window of like okay just intuitively can i can i make sense of this and he is what i was looking for he's obviously has the distance he has shown he can win out of zero form and he actually might have a little bit coming into this um you know, the form was very much there in the beginning of the year. He can putt very well, which at this Pro-Am, barring weather, they're going to rack up birdies. Again, we, we seem to have some weather, though, so that does concern me mm -hmm. a wee bit uh, with his irons. But I just think it, it just seemed to make sense, despite my simulations making him higher, when I initially looked at it, I was like, hmm, in this field, yeah. you know, some of the, the the pedigree that is lacking, he has some of it. He is a multiple time winner, um, and yeah, why not sprinkle the feel good nature on top of what he just witnessed in in person in Rome? Yeah, and, and again, he's done well at some of these sort of link style courses that I wouldn't expect. You know, uh, so obviously the Golf National. He won the Omega European Masters two years ago. He wanted Himmerland. Like these are the types of courses where, like, you wouldn't think his distance right. would matter too much, but it seems to play really well. Yes, yes, uh, I, I love I love golfers like that that just make <laughs> no sense. I mean, Fitz was that guy for a while. He seemed to play yeah. better at the longer courses before he before he worked on his speed, his driver. Um, sure. Uh, I think another guy like that kind of is Will Bessling on the DP World Tour. He. Just doesn't. He seems to play well at these shorter tracks. That and he's not that bad of a driver. So I don't know. Yeah. Uh, just you get these baffling, these baffling cases. So we'll jump into the the 30s to 40s. Um, we have Thorbjorn Olsen 35. Bob Mack also coming. Absolutely want nothing to. Bob looked <laughs> looked plastered already. Like just that <laughs> guy is living for the. And I don't blame him at all. No thank. I mean, I honestly don't love 35 to one to begin with whether yeah. it was hung over or not <laughs> louis ustazen is showing his face at 35 to one i can't imagine why he wants to play um maybe it's not farming season back home in florida i don't know <laughs> yannick paul 40 to one peter uline another live guy i mean we're, we we sprinkled in quite a few uh quite a few livers this week yeah. one used 40 um none of us had anything to do with this range and i i honestly don't have 
that much to say about it. So I'll get to my next my next pick, which was Matt Wallace. He is currently sitting at fifty five to one on DraftKings. Um, this is another one where at, my number wasn't that far off fifty five. Um, it just felt necessary. I, I I think when I ran my course fit stuff, it just seemed to to suit. Um, yep. He's been playing pretty well statistically since the Rocket Mortgage. Uh, his putting has been the one let down. Uh, the Irish Open off the tee wasn't the best, um, but you know he had the second place at the Czech Masters, twenty fourth the following week. Uh, he has won this year over in Punta Cana. He is another guy who just flashes in and out, um, more out than in. I understand <laughs> that. Um, I wish I had a more convincing reason, um, but it was really just running numbers versus this field. Uh, and he's not doing any one thing particularly poorly. I don't know what he changed mid-July. Maybe it was just coming back to the Scottish Open uh, yeah. more comfortable over here because he was playing a lot of PGA Tour before that. Um, since coming back to Europe, the, the fields are weaker. Maybe he just feels more comfortable. But the numbers have just been a lot more consistent and positive. And I think this is a place that he could have success. Um you know, he hasn't had a top 10 here yet, uh, but he has played decent in this tournament before. Yeah, and I think, I mean, Wallace has obviously been close a couple times in Europe this summer, so that's that's always a good sign. But I think when you're betting guys in this range, you're looking for those spike weeks, right? Uh, like, this is why you pick Matt Wallace and not Matt Southgate, right? Uh, yes. <laughs> Matt Wallace has won a handful of times. When he won at... Uh, at Punta Cana, uh, the prior week of Valspar, I believe he led in strokes game Tia Green. We know he can lead a field in short game and putting. We know he can lead a field in iron play. So that's that's certainly the kind of upside that I would want for a golfer in this range. Yeah, he he's more than capable. Like that's the thing. He's not a great putter, but he he puts well enough on a yeah. consistent basis. You know it's there. Um, Maybe you probably know very early. I mean, he's not somebody who I want <laughs> yeah. to get out to a cold start. I do not see him. Um, clawing his way back into yep. something. Um, but he's been trying to work on that too. So maybe the mental side, maybe he's maybe more accepting of that, but uh, that is yet to be seen. So yep. we'll drop down a little further. You know, I, I'm kind of skipping over a few, but and, and I did miss one actually because the number's quite different that you have. So Callum Hill is 45 to 1 now on DraftKings. Um, yep. I'll let you speak on him because you grabbed an 80 to 1. Correct. And I, I really wasn't uh, even looking at it because the books that I saw open up first were in that, that, that 50 to 60 range. But but yeah, Rivers posted uh, an 80 uh, with the each way this morning. So that was enough for me. You know, Callum Hill, again, um, we've seen the spike weeks. He's won. Uh, he's been very close. A lot of them on on these sort of courses, uh, courses in the UK. Um, he had a fourth not too long ago at the British Masters, was 10th at the French Open a couple of weeks ago. Just seems like he's he's close. Um, he has a 26th and a 17th in this event. Uh, and again, I just think 80 to 1 with the places. Um, if we don't think, you know, Fleetwood and Fitz and those guys really play well this week, I, I think this event is wide open. Yeah, I honestly, I, I don't have much to share on him, but when I when I click through the the form is better than I was expecting to be mm -hmm. quite honest with you, um, especially compared to my number. Again, it's hard to 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 grasp everything, um, and I really didn't know what to do with Fitz and Fleetwood, so I I ran it as if they were 
100% healthy, ready to go. I feel like that is the safer route. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's why that one kind of stuck out. So we'll jump down. We know no one had interest in Lingask, Ferguson, Eust. Uh, the next guy, though, uh, we have bet a lot. We have bet a lot, a lot, a lot. We have never returned a winner on. Got some places. On, Got some places. Time. Yes, he is. Is a place king. So I'll let you start with uh, our lovable Scottish friend. Yeah, I mean, honestly, the way he's playing right now, he's he's easily a top ten player in this field, um, and he's not he's not priced that way, right? He he missed one cut at the French Open. That's a hard golf. I'd like to go and look at that because I didn't. But his approach numbers, at the, mm-hmm. I I have to assume he hit it in the water multiple. He hit it in the water. Yeah, well, yeah, and I mean, he wasn't close, and I think that's that's the kind of course where if you're he lost in the like water, six strokes in two rounds with this. Well, he opened with sixty-seven. Yeah, he shot eighty in the second round, so like you want to throw out one round. I think that's the perfect chance to do it because prior to that, he had gone fourth, third, seventh, and tenth, and he was down in like the twenty-eight to thirty-three betting range. So, um, yeah, I just think the form is elite. Uh, great iron player, um, really good links player. And he was 10th here last year. He finished five back with Ryan Fox with a second round 76. So, uh, again, probably got the bad end of some weather there. You throw that out, and he's he's right there at the top of the leaderboard. Yeah, that seems to be a problem with him. Um, <laughs> four, four rounds of golf has yeah. been a struggle. Um, maybe he wants to try out live. Uh, yeah, I just – it really comes down, I guess, to how you view priors because, like you said, the last time we saw him was – horrible uh but he he also he came out of nowhere so i'm really yeah i was really hoping the it wasn't 100 percent a flash in the pan um his, his honda world invitational european masters irish open um you know the four straight top tens there with the bmw and the iron play was outstanding at all three of them that we got strokes gained from off the tee was very good i just worried like when I, because I, I was on him at the French Open too, and like, okay, again, I don't remember, I didn't see any of that eighty. Uh, yeah. So I'm really hoping, you know, maybe a ball, just a couple bounced into the water. Hopefully, it didn't. I don't know. At, at sixty to one in this field, I was like, all right, it's worth a risk for how well the irons were. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, that is just an a little bit of an aberration um, on his his recent form resume. So. Yeah, and I mean, I don't remember what the number was in France, but I assume he was what, probably like forty to one or thirty-five to one. Yeah, it was, it was lower than this. That's for certain. Yeah, he shot eighty the second day with a triple. Yeah, it's fine. We can so, throw out one round. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'll definitely not remind you of, of you doing that in the future. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so we jumped down, and now we're starting to get into the meat of of the wagers i mean i've already talked about three men i really didn't i didn't go higher than 90 this week i i didn't you have a bunch coming up in this this kind of chunk range so you know we skipped over vic perez i I was tempted um with norgard just because the profile i just couldn't do it i'm pretty sure he's coming off three straight missed cuts if i'm remembering Mm -hmm. golfers correctly um but i will let you get to the next guy you once again Got eighty to one, but Callum Shinkwin is sitting at sixty to one on DraftKings. Yeah, again, really good number. I mean, when you think of links specialists in Europe, Callum Callum Shinkwin is definitely near the top of the list. Um, 
He finished second here last year, almost won, also has 39th and a 10th in this event. Um, has been completely dead <laughs> since uh, May. It's been uh, bad. It's May been of bad. this year, and then randomly pops up for a T7 at Wentworth um, at a course where you really wouldn't expect very much out of him. Uh, his iron play was tremendous. He gained off the tee. He gained around the green. And then while he didn't play well in France, he did still make the cut, and he still did gain off the tee approach and around the green. Um, and and yeah, so coming he, to he, he might have put it a few into the water. He might have put it a few into the water, yeah. But, I mean, this is very clearly one of his, uh, his top events. Uh, he seems to be back in form. And, again, he's a guy where – when the field is weak, we've seen him as low as 18 to 20. I think he won at 18 to 1 on the European Tour a year yes. ago. So yes, uh, I, def <laughs> I definitely love the upside here. Yeah, I, I again, I, I looked at it and I was like, eh, nope, he's somebody I have no issue betting. Um, I, like you said, the ball striking is intriguing, though. Like, that's that's what you're looking to have turned. It did. Um, if he doesn't lose two and a half strokes again, uh, he's probably right in that event. Um you know, we can say that about a lot of guys that we wager on, but uh, makes me feel better when we point it out. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> since, yeah, we're putting real money on this, apparently. Right. So, um, you know, I, I couldn't get to my boy Guido. I know it feels like a week. You know, Sky's not here, has a child. <sighs> you know, he honestly, the way he's been playing, he's somebody that I would like to see, um, you know, kind of put it together in round one. I have no issue betting, betting Migliasi live. I do it quite often. Uh, yep. I have not been on him pre tourney too much. I think he's getting, he's getting a lot of respect to be quite honest for not having, um, one since the French open last year and not particularly a ton of high finishes. He's been as consistent as he's ever been in his career, as far as making sure. cuts, um, not tanking too bad outside of the, the BMW recently. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see how he does uh, coming out. He's not always been the strongest on these links or in some nasty weather. So that kind of turned me off as well. But you know, he if if the ball striking looks okay in round one, you know, I'm sure we'll I'm sure we'll hop on and tweet that out um, this particular week. So <laughs> moving on, uh, Eddie P. I know he tempted you at seventy to one, but I know we didn't get there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, form seems to the form seems to have fallen a little bit. Uh, he had that 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 run this summer where it looked like the ball striking was back, and you know he was near the top in terms of strokes gained approach. But he, I think Eddie again, just he he hasn't had any really high finishes here, and he's not the kind of guy who really has these spike weeks where he rips off wins. Yeah, I I he's always someone I root for. He he's funny to me. He seems like a pretty good dude. Um, and a good person to root for. So it would be nice to see him uh, really get himself into contention as long as he's not beating uh, somebody I wagered on because that would bother me. <laughs> yeah. And then I, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention um, Dust Ball. Matt Kuchar has found his way across the Atlantic. <laughs> for what? I don't know. Uh, I don't know if he's bored. Uh, maybe this is the effect of the PGA tour schedule being primarily a play in tournament now in the fall. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's no incentive for him. Uh, so maybe he decided to be a nice guy, take his sponsors out. That seems odd for him. Uh, Does seem odd for him. It's, it's a long way to go. Reputation. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah. Or maybe his sponsor's paying him to show up to play with them. That is always yeah. a possibility as well. I have no idea who's who is I, I he's played this before. I saw um mm-hmm. back in twenty eighteen, uh T thirty. So I don't know. It just seemed a little out of place, but maybe maybe he's feeling good. He finished seventh last time. He played golf that we saw him at the Fortinet. Uh I don't know. I just had to mention he is sitting here in this field at uh what did I just see? Sixty five to one. I don't know. That seems like maybe it's not a bad number for a guy who just had a top ten. Um but yeah, just doesn't just doesn't and of course he's had link success in the past. Just doesn't he doesn't strike me as the guy who's gonna come over here and win something. I was I was I was a bit surprised to see him in this field. Uh, <laughs> maybe he uh, just wants to play with Billy Horschel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah, I mean, Billy loves Europe. I mean, I don't know why. He just Billy's been here for like two months. It's great. I would love to know his travel schedule and if he just stayed. I'm, I mean, he, he. I assume he, he's just been here. Yeah. He probably. I mean, he's he's won enough in his life where he can travel pretty nice. So it's possible he hopped back across. Um, but maybe not. Yeah. I don't know. Um, so I'm going to skip a few instead of listing them all. But we'll we'll we both bet Alex Fitzpatrick. Again, we've been betting him quite a bit. We found yep. him at 90 to 1. He is 55 to 1. I don't know how I missed that when I was reading through. Uh, you know, I haven't hosted a podcast in like two years, so we're doing our best. Um, and honestly, I'm, I think I'm just a little bit shocked that he is – maybe not shocked because I actually made him a lot closer to 55 than I did sure. to 90 to 1. If you want to speak on uh, Alex Fitzpatrick. Yeah, like you said, shocked. Shocked by the number. Um, we were all on him, so he obviously won the British Challenge on the Challenge Tour a couple months ago, then came over, made the leap up at the ISPS, and finished second to Daniel Brown. Uh, <laughs> he, uh, he then continued that, uh, played really well at the Czech Masters uh, on a course, probably didn't suit him that well, um, then finished fifth at Kranz on a course that did suit him really well, a couple of bad finishes, but he made both the cuts, and suddenly his price has tripled, uh, which, again, doesn't make a lot of sense. We saw how well he played at the Open Championship, obviously qualified for the Open Championship. Uh, he loves Lynx golf. I'm sure there are some good Ryder Cup vibes for him as well being there last week. So, yeah, 90 to 1 just seemed really, really big. Yeah, honestly, like I said, uh, at 55, I honestly don't think I would have in fact, I didn't because I'm pretty sure DK led the market this week as far as um, putting yeah. out odds in America anyway. Um, yeah, the 90 just I don't I don't understand. Like, sure, the last two have been not great, but like how many golfers coming into events have. Like everything just not, like they're not 90 to one, I tell you that. Um, no. How no. many other these other guys at ninety to one just finished T five, T fourteen, T second on this tour? Not many, I imagine, um, or I probably would have bet them as well. So, yeah, I, I don't know. And you know, the it's it's always weird when guys make the jump from whether it's KFT to PGA or Challenge to DP World Tour, how much carryover they get. We see college guys get this yeah. this boost, this carryover almost. I don't know what it is. Uh, this, the, the super focus, maybe, um, the, the, maybe some of them thrive on that stress or maybe some just have no idea of that stress yet. And then we, we often can see a lull come after that. Um, 
I think you see it a lot on the PGA Tour with with college kids to, totally. to jump. Um, but yeah, just ninety to one just doesn't just did not seem just did not seem appropriate to be quite honest with you, um, yeah. considering how recently he has played well. Um, and that so that rounds out my card for me. So you have uh, one left that we did not speak about. Uh, we should we shouldn't speak about it. However, <laughs> we did get some wonderful content from from this golfer last week. Uh, he, yes, he was very pumped to be watching uh, the Euros absolutely trounce America early on. I believe yep. he released his video. Uh, perhaps mid session two, uh, we are talking about the one and only Richard Mansell. Uh, boy, was he! If you haven't seen the video, I I died laughing. Just maybe, <laughs> I'm just weird. I don't know. I found it. I found it, it was great, great content. Yeah. Uh, but you got got our friend Richard here at one hundred to one. He is ninety to one on DraftKings still. Yeah, I think again, this is a pretty big number for a guy who's been out of form this year, but I mean, was really one of the best players on the European tour towards the end of last summer. Was consistently in the top ten, if not top five. Um, he drives it really well and far. I think again, we talked about that being really important here. Obviously, uh, much like Connor Seam, the one thing that he cannot do is put four rounds together specifically on a Sunday. Um, and we so saw that bad. here last year. He he finished four back of Ryan Fox with a Sunday 76. Uh, he was there. Uh, we've seen it multiple times. We saw it in Wales. We saw it in Denmark, I believe. He just likes shooting 76 on Sundays. But um, he seems to have found a little bit of form. He was 28th in France, 24th at the ISPS. Um, and again, he's 101, so I don't I don't need very much uh, for me to be talking to a 101 golfer. I just, I like his upside. Uh, I'll say that for the price. Yeah. I looked at, uh, every time he had started the final round, um, <laughs> inside the top 10. And I believe there was 11 instances mm -hmm. in the last two, last two, going back to 2021. Yep. Uh, he shot 70 in nine of those 11 rounds, wow. 70 or higher. Yeah. Uh, he dropped position in uh, eight of them or seven of them. Nice. <laughs> yeah. So he he fits that that wonderful bill of golfer that we love to wager on. That uh, yeah. I I don't know. I couldn't do it. I bet him a lot last year. <laughs> Unfortunately, uh, you sent me that, and I was like, oh, maybe I'm missing something. And I, I was just like, no, you're not missing anything. I just. I bet a lot of bad guys. Don't give me much. Um, and so, I mean, much like Erasmus, even though he has, you know, a lot of distance off the tee and is not the most accurate, like he's done well at some of these events. Like I said, he was seventh here last year. He was third at Crans last year. He was eighth in the British Masters. Uh, I just feel like he can play anywhere uh, if he can keep the ball in play. Yeah, I'm curious because we just talked about like making that jump. I'm off. Yeah. So now he could be one of those other guys. We see this a ton where things kind of disappear after mm. a career a career year. And 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 the, the talk last year was that he was struggling to get into some tournaments near the end of yep. the year that we all thought rightfully, like this guy's top twenty in the tour points list, like race to Dubai. Yeah. Um sometimes I wonder now, like, was that stress release like 
was he so on edge and stressed out last year once the year finally ended did he just like mentally maybe not even on purpose like that's this is the beauty of golf right there it, you're yeah. such an individual sport so your brain can play so many that we cannot model we cannot see in stats um and we normally can't even know about because golf media likes to ask golfers like what's their favorite restaurant instead of asking any any prying questions which you know honestly some of them might not even answer that's fine but they just don't even get asked uh that's a whole nother rant that i i could go on um yeah and yeah and like the, does he just like have that that release of relief yeah like whew, and then that that's kind of taken over this year and it's taken him some time to get back into it yeah i just think again there are signs like whether you want to look at at stats i don't know how much you trust those or just look sort of round around like Last event in France was a perfect example. He he opened with 65. He was one back of, of Tom Kim after Thursday. Shot 70 in round two, shot 70 in round three. was kind of there and then shot 75 on Sunday. So, like, yes, we've seen that pattern and it's not great. But if you're opening with a 65 at that golf course, like, your game is good. Like, he's in a good place right now. So, yeah, he's in a good place until until he's <laughs> until, until he's, until he's in a good place on the leaderboard. Yeah, uh, yeah, that is definitely that is definitely unfortunate for him. I, I he seems like a, a gosh, we I becoming so endeared to so many of these DP two DP World Tour golfers. Just watch, like this is such an amazing tour, which everyone who's yeah. watching or listening to this probably is already aware of that. But uh, I try to tell everybody who like if you're a big pga tour fan i i feel like you're severely missing out like you might not have to live and breathe this tour but like man you should be tuning in a little more often to follow along with with some of these stories and these guys like this is just uh it's some unbelievable stuff that happens every sunday we'll put it that way uh, yeah plus he came over here to play college golf played in south florida uh played at the same college eric cole played so let's hit the uh, nova southeastern double this week were they teammates no, Cole was there. Cole's older, isn't he? Older, yeah. Cole's old. He's like mid. Yeah, he is. Uh, like a thirty-four-year-old rookie. Uh, yeah. Man, what a speaking of, like, what a what this a his week. What a glow up for that guy. Like, yeah. Hmm. That made me happy. We were on him early. Um, unfortunately, that's another guy that you probably won't see. Uh, at what do we have at Honda? Like, oh my God, was that one? It was one fifty. He was he was one of two one hundred fifty to one golfers I had losing a playoff last year. Not that I am holding on to that or remembering yeah. all of the playoff losses that I had in the twenty. It's still crazy. Data Golf has him number twenty nine in the world, which is <laughs> it's ridiculous. Uh, I don't want to out myself, but let me check real quick. I wouldn't have. I mean, I would probably have him around fifty ish, but yeah. Uh, twenty nine seems seems high. Someone who can't can't hit the ball off the tee. Eh, yeah, he, he's uh, got better. He's got better. Yes. Um, I don't know. I I agree. Yeah, we're going on a side rant now for uh, for Eric Cole, but uh, I don't know. I I I find his story to be amazing. Yeah, I got him at like twenty nine, so that's just lovely. Yeah. Um, yeah. But again, that's just. My ratings based on what has happened, like projecting him forward, I I don't because of the driving. Um, yeah, that is a completely different discussion. So we will run it back real quick to go over our picks. I will start. I went with Rasmus Hoygaard at forty to one, Matt Wallace forty five to one, Connor Syme sixty to one, 
and Alex Fitzpatrick 90 to one. And I did grab places on those last two wagers. We always we always need places on these guys. Let's uh, yeah, let's be real. Um, yeah, lots of overlap there. I'm on uh, Rasmus and Syme and Alex Fitzpatrick with you. Also, Callum Shinkwin and Callum Hill at 80 to one and Richard Mansell at 100 to one. Well, thank you, everybody, for tuning in to the DP World Tour Picks and Bet Show, again, presented by Mayo Media Network, and good luck, everybody, this week.